here. You know, there is nothing greater than living in healthy relationships, right? We love, love relationships. We human beings love relationships. And so many of us go to great lengths and extremes trying to find relationships. If I just had a, a, a friend circle and, and if I just had people that I could connect with. I mean, it's why we were created relationships. Hey, have you seen that new TV show on, I believe, the History Channel called Alone? Have you seen that? They take, I think, eight to ten contestants and they get like eight items and then they ship them off to some remote island up around Canada, Alaska area and, and, and they spread them out about three to four miles from one another and they are all alone by themselves. I guess they have some sort of little camera that they control or operate but, but they are left there to fend for themselves and, and whatever items they've packed to bring with them um, it's, it, that's what they have and so they have to learn how to make shelter they have to, to learn how to build a fire, they have to learn to, to find food and cook food and, and, and all of that. And, and, and inevitably what happens with these people, we, I love to watch it because uh, you, you've, got some, you've got some strong military type dudes and, and they do well for a while. There, there's a lady, I believe, from, from Oregon. I know we got some folks from Oregon in the house here today and she's kind of earthy, you know, and has lived off the land and she's doing really well. But I, I'm kind of like the guy who I heard give a testimony just yesterday because what happens is they start running out of protein, unless you can catch fish or, I mean, you can only eat slugs for so long, folks, I'm telling you. And it's just kind of like, ugh, another slug, another day, you know, and so it's just, it's awful, and, but this dude was having a hard time fishing, he said, I'm not a fisherman, I just need some protein, and he made this comment, he said, you know, because they, they kind of tap out, I guess they make a phone call, or shoot a flare up, or whatever, and the rescue boats come and get them, and, and he said, you know, man, in two hours, I could be sitting over a bucket of fried chicken, <laughs> I like that dude, you know, there's nothing better than a bucket of fried chicken, and I'm talking about chicken with bones in it, right? No, no strips or nuggets. What is a chicken nugget? Who, who eats nuggets? No, I want some chicken with bones in it. My girls asked me a few years ago, hey, when did they start making this kind of chicken? I'm going, what are you talking about? Like God did? Noah's Ark, hello? When did they start making chicken with bones in it? But what, happ <laughs> what happens with these contestants it's, the elements are bad, yes, and, and food is scarce, absolutely. But literally what drives them crazy is being alone. They hate it. If I could just get back with my wife and my children, or, or I mean, they, they, being alone drives them crazy. We were created for relationship. And if we were to interview each and every one of you this morning, you probably would say this, you know, I don't like being alone. Sometimes we need some peace and quiet, right? Quiet riot? Quiet, qu quiet, right? Yeah, we need some alone times, but we were created for relationship. You know the most important relationship you've been created for? It's the relationship with the one who created you, God the Father, the one whose name we've sang about and lifted up. And if you're new to 1910 today, kind of checking us out, I visited this morning with, with someone who, who comes from a Church of Christ background. I said, how'd you like it? He said, it's a little bit different. <laughs> and I said, I know, they're so weird in there, aren't they? We want you to know this. We believe that God desires a relationship with each and every one of us. Amen? That's why we were created. 
He desires a relationship with you. And if you don't know him, if you've never given your life to him, I'm praying that just over the next about 17, 20 minutes that you would just say yes to Jesus. You would see your need for a savior. But you've been created to have a relationship with other people, absolutely. But we believe the greatest relationship is the one that you can share with the one true God. It's healthy relationships. That we're after. None of us would say, I'm just looking for crappy ones. No, we want healthy ones. We want vital, growing, exciting, dynamic, healthy relationships. But if we're honest with ourselves, several of you would probably say, you know what? I probably only have a few relationships that I would call really, really healthy. Dynamic, vibrant, exciting, fun. Are there some of your friends that you'd kind of like to just vote off the island? You know, and then they call you and want to do something. You're like, oh, what do I have? Is there a funeral or anything that we have coming up that we could go to and say no to? You know, so we're, we believe that relationships are important. We've been in this series entitled Hanging Tough. We stole the line from the new kids on the block. Great song. And we believe that that. In order for us to live in healthy relationships, it's going to require that we have this type of mentality, that we're going to hang tough. The relationships that you share individually with people, but also relationships within the church. Now listen, here's the deal. We believe that environments like this all across our city, churches across the nation and literally the world, this ought to be the most dynamic, healthy, fun place to ever enter into. It ought to be that. But so oftentimes, this place is boring, isn't it? How many of you have ever been bored in church before? How many of you are bored right now? Take my belt off right there. Just kidding. And I apologize about the kids on leashes comment earlier. I'm like, oh, that probably wasn't good to say that, you know. But anyway, um, I love those kids on those stretchy arm things, you know, and they're pulling their, their parents just kind of like, Anyway, where are we going? Relationships, yeah. This ought to be a fun place. I'm off coffee. This is week number two. Green tea. Sensei. A green tea is where it's at. This ought to be a great place. And we believe, though, that although God desires for this to be a healthy, fun, dynamic environment, it's made up of people. And people sometimes screw what God wants up, correct? I mean, it's biblical, Adam and Eve, they started it all, right? They screwed it up. If we're not careful, we can screw up something dynamic, the bride of Christ called the church as well, can't we? So we're in the series issuing five challenges because in order for this place to be fun, healthy, dynamic, and a place where people are clamoring to get into, it's a challenge. So we started a couple of weeks ago issuing challenge. Challenge number one is I accept the challenge to live in truth with you. Last week, we I accept the challenge to give you what? Grace. Was that for anybody last week? Grace? No one. Awesome. Okay, good. Um, this week we have a third challenge in our five, something called the Pledge of Connection. And we have these cute little refrigerator magnets because you all want to hang up pictures of your kids. And, and, uh, and, and parents, some of you do need to frame that report card of your graduate to make sure that they, you know, it's legit. But, but that have these five challenges. Listen, you can get those at guest services, I guess. Or I've got one if somebody wants that. I'll, 
I'll um, give it to you. I'll be glad to. Um, but here's the challenge today, the third one out of the five that we want to give you. I accept the challenge to receive you humbly. Say humbly. Humbly. I want to share with you something this morning real quickly that I believe is necessary in order for us to establish a healthy, dynamic environment here in the church. If we want our relationships to be off the charts and great and fun, there's some things that I have for you this morning I think that might challenge us. You know, one of the final things that Jesus prayed for his followers and for future generations as well is found in John chapter 17, verse 21. Jesus said this, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You see, Jesus' greatest desire upon his, his final ascension into heaven was that his followers, present but future followers, that we would be united, that we would be one. Relationships that we share with one another, I believe, is a big deal to God. It was such a big deal that Jesus prayed for unity amongst the believers. Listen, that unity and our oneness will not take place unless we are first one with God. See, that's where some of you this morning are missing it when it comes to relationships. You're, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. You're looking for connecting. You're looking for community. You're looking for relationships. The problem is you have not established and developed the, the primal relationship, the primary numero uno relationship in all of life, and that's with God the Father. You've not received Jesus. And so what's happening is so many of you are looking for healthy, dynamic relationships. You're looking for unity. You're looking for community. But you've missed the very first step. And you're working hard and you're trying and you're signing up for all these websites. And and you're going to places that your mom would just go, Oh, I can't believe you went there looking for relationship. And you're missing the most important one. You see, it all comes down to your relationship with your Creator. And if we want to be one with one another, we have to start with being one with Him. If we ever want this church to be a dynamic, healthy, fun, vibrant, great place to hang out and relationships to flourish, it all starts with our union with God. Are we okay so far? And so I have a question for you this morning. Are you helping to unify the body of Christ, the church? See, listen, here's the deal. You're either helping unify this house or you're dividing this house. You're one or the other. You're either in or you're out. And what happens so many times, even in settings like this, although this is the bride of Christ and this is what God established, what happens so many times is when things become sideways within the church, with maybe with a pastor or with leadership or with other people, instead of str- staying and working it out, people bail out. They leave. I get so, it's, it's really silly to me when I begin to hear from people, yeah, we've kind of been bouncing around from church to church to church, and, you know, just can't really find, and, and I'm going, how many times are you bouncing? How many, you know, well, we just can't really find one, you know, you, know hey, you need to find a place to stick, that's where we would say, but maybe, maybe there's a work that God needs to do in our life so that we can find a place to land, are you with me? Maybe our bouncing doesn't have to do with the church or a pastor or music style or, or length of service or what their building looks like or the color of the carpet. Maybe it has to do with, with us. 
Are you helping unify the body of Christ? Or are you dividing it? How does this whole humility thing work? If it's a challenge of challenge number three in our pledge of connection, how does this humility thing work towards building this strong sense of community in a congregation? Well, I want to answer that question, but there's a word I need to share with you. We need to talk about the S word today in church. Submit. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Submit. And I know me just mentioning that word for some of you right now causes your blood pressure to rise, doesn't it? Before you you write me off and you get frustrated or ticked off with me using that word today, let me just kind of share with you what Scripture says about that. In Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So listen, what I'm about to share with you is not because of what I'm saying to you, but we submit to one another in this house out of reverence for who? Christ. You see, when I submit, when I, when I give in or, 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 or consider others better than myself, what I'm doing is it's actually an act of worship to the Lord. It's showing my reverence to him. You know, that word submit is a verb. And it means to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. How many of you parents of graduates this morning would just stand and testify, oh, bro, I needed this sermon when they were like four. They needed to hear it, right? In fact, some of you wish Pastor Todd would preach that to the younger generations right now. Sometimes submission is difficult, right? How many of you, let's be honest, don't you lie, we're in God's house. How many of you, submission is a hard thing? It's hard to submit. Yeah, hands all over the room, rest of you are liars. That word submit causes so many different reactions. Some of us cringe this morning. Some of us are, are reveling. Some of you are mad at me right now. And some of you are saying, hey, it's about time you talked about that. I've been waiting for him to hear this sermon. Isn't that how we do? We like to think this submission thing is just for women. No, it's a mutual submission. It's husband to wife and wife to the husband as they both submit to the headship, Jesus Christ, right? Well, here's the key for us to get past this issue. We've got to place our feelings about it before the Lord. We've got to ask him to help us. Why? Well, guys, because the Bible tells us to submit, I have the opportunity to do some, some weddings every once in a while. And I'll never forget a couple that I did a few years ago. And, and, and there's a part in my premarital counseling where we, we plan the ceremony and I talk about the vows. Hey, what kind of vows do you want? Do you, do you want the traditional vows? Do, do you want something a little bit more contemporary sounding? Are you going to write your vows or, or what do you want to do? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I had a bride one time just tell me this. Say, hey, listen, I don't care what vows we use, but here's the deal. Please don't use the word submit. And I took that groom aside. I said, bro, your life is over. (laughs) I didn't really do that, but she did say that. And I'm going, oh, man, okay, I can get away with not using the word submit. But even in that, there's this mindset that this thing called submission is something that we just don't want, do we? I'm telling you, to have any hope of a healthy relationship with your friends, with your spouse, with your kids, even within the church, this thing called submission is a very, very big deal. Let me comment on a couple of notes about this thing called submission. First of all, submission involves respect and honor, not a doormat mentality. Secondly, I would say that submission is a place of strength, not weakness, because it gives God the power to work on our behalf. 
I was at a wedding Friday night and, and I heard this word and I saw the imagery of this word played out in probably the most beautiful ways I've ever seen it. The couple wrote their vows to one another. When it came time for the dude to share his vows with his bride, he, the thing that he spoke of the most and talked about was that I am going to be surrendered and submitted to Jesus Christ first and foremost. You see, he understood that that submission has to happen before any other submission happens on earth. Hey, let me ask you ladies. How many of you ladies, would that not be one of the greatest things you could receive from your husband? For him to declare, listen, honey, I'm submitting to Jesus Christ first. Is that not a beautiful thing? You see, as that man submits to Jesus Christ, he then is going to be able to submit himself to his wife and to building a home that brings him glory and honor. You know that before that word submission is said in the Bible, we like to use that phrase, that verse about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives as Christ. We, we, we like that. Did you know that it says, even before we read that, that we should submit ourselves to one another in the fear of of God. I just read it. Look what the message translation says it this way. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-7. through seven, In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, serve each other with what? Humility, for God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in what? Whoa, stop the presses. So when I submit and when I humble myself before God, what does he do? He lifts me up. You see, we think submission is a sign of weakness and doormat. No, scripture says when I humble myself, when I submit myself to the will of the Father, oh, he honors and he elevates. Verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Mm, Peter here is calling the church and us to be mature and faithful. And listen, if we want to be mature and faithful, it's going to require us to submit and be humble. That's what will bring unity in this house. That's what will make our relationships healthy and dynamic. Now, the the opposite of, of submission, there's another word that we use. It's a P word. It's called pride. You see, so many of us are prideful and so selfish And so for me, just talking about this idea of submission, you've already blocked me out because this pride has reared its ugly head too much in our culture. You see, pride is the opposite of submission. Pride is the opposite of humility. I'm telling you, it's pride that destroys relationships. It's pride that destroys church. And that's why God hates it so much. So we need to uh, ask God and his spirit to do this within us. Because you know in our fleshly human nature, pride and selfishness dominates. But when we put on the spirit man, or when we put on you know, our spiritual clothing and allow the spirit of God to empower us, that is the only way that we will ever be able to receive each other humbly. What is humility? Humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Now listen, 
Humility is not considering, considering yourself uh, a loser or thinking of yourself you know, in, a, in a poor, derogatory manner. Okay? It's just thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking that, that you are someone that's a doormat and has nothing. It's, it's, it's me putting the needs of others and considering others above mine. Does that make sense to you? As followers of Christ, we're called to this life of humility. We're called to serve others. Romans 12.10, love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I'm just telling you, wherever this quality of humility is found in Scripture, there is blessing behind it. There is praise over this phrase, humility. Proverbs 15.33 says this, Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes what? Honor. Honor. Now I know that we live in a, in, in a society that, that has kind of established this, this pecking order. And so many of us really have this question, hey, who's in charge? And we want to be in charge. And we want to call the shots. We want to be in control and have influence over other people. This, this chain of command mentality in which we live in, right? We want to be, have the right to, 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 to judge another. We, we, we want to have the, 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 the right to be in control and call all the shots. This is true in any relationship, any group. It's also especially true in this thing called the church. Church history is really a, 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 a report of, of the struggle for control in the name of religion. And you can look back through the Middle Ages and see the, the, the distortions of the church. Even today in the, the local Protestant church, many struggle to impose his or her will over others. Maybe a, a pastor or, or a board trying to to impose their will and force the church to take a step or do something. Maybe where gossip claims the, the right to exalt himself or herself over the person whose reputation is being smeared. It's control. Maybe it's, it's, it's played out when we push others down and, and, and it seems such an easy way to push others down to, to raise ourselves up. Jesus taught a different attitude, church. He taught humility. He taught servanthood. And that's how we are to approach life in the kingdom. See, we're to bow down to God. We are to surrender and submit to Him. But in our doing so, what we also do is we bow down to others. We commit ourselves not to judge other people, but we do commit ourselves to serve them. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. How many of you have heard that verse before? Let me ask you a question. How many of you live and operate with that verse in mind? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? We don't think about it in the heat of the moment. We don't think about it when we've been cut off in traffic. We don't think about it whenever a decision's made that we just don't like or somebody else gets the promotion over. We don't think about those things, do we? It's hard to be humble. It's hard to have this servant mentality in moments like this. The best demonstration I've ever seen of this is, of course, through Scripture. We love the Bible at 1910. 
And the best demonstration of humility and servanthood I ever see in Scripture is that of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Setting an example for them. One last object lesson in humility. We know that night in the upper room, he stooped down and began to wash the feet of his disciples. Every one of them. Yes, including the betrayer, whose name is Judas. Oh yeah, Jesus knew what Judas was about to do. But yet he washed his feet knowing what was going to happen. I think we need to follow the example of Jesus more. You see, in in, in humbling ourselves to serve one another. You see, listen, Jesus would say that is the way to greatness. Listen, the way up to God is down through humility and service to others. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? You want to be great in the eyes of your creator? Serve someone. Pastor Robert, that's what I love about yesterday. is people coming out to serve. Not that anybody had done anything. We're just going to go serve and make a difference. Service. That's the way up. It blows my mind. To think of Jesus washing Judas' feet, even though he knew what was going to happen. How's this an example to us in this church? And and what does this challenge have to do with us receiving each each other humbly? Church, let me tell you something. There are going to be times in which it's going to be hard to serve someone. Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe they said something negative about you. Maybe they were just downright rude to you. Let me remind you that Jesus knew what Judas was up to that night, but he served him anyway. And within this fellowship, listen, we are called to serve both brother and sister and Judas the same way. Are you with me today? Can you picture a place where everyone serves? Where everyone serves one another. Can you picture a place where where people value other people more than they value themselves? Hey, can, can you picture a place where, where there is no judge except for, for our glorious Father up in heaven? Can, can you picture a place where, where the entire group is consumed by God's glory and together they're calling out, they're yearning, hey Lord, we want more of you. Can you picture a place with me where, where there's a mutual respect for one another? Can, can you picture a place where, where acceptance rules the house? This can be that place. And can I tell you, this will be that place. It will. It's a challenge. But I accept the challenge. To receive you humbly. Today before we leave. I'm going to end with where I started. Because I believe that there's someone here today. That is in search for a relationship. And remember what I said earlier. These relationships you share on earth. I believe there's not much hope for them being healthy, dynamic and vibrant without you first establishing a relationship with your Father in heaven. 
And I'm just probably safe for me to say that in a room this size, there's at least one person here today that has never surrendered and submitted themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You've never, you've never given up the reins and the control of your life. And you've tried to, to, to be the man. You've tried to be the woman in charge. And, and, and some of you this morning are kind of like that gerbil in the gerbil wheel at your house. You're, you're in that wheel and you're running. You know the gerbil gets nowhere, right? He, he burns a lot of calories, but then he just falls out and has to suck on that little water tube that, that you put in. You're, you're not getting anywhere and you're frustrated. You're worn out. You've tried to escape, but you're, ju- you're like a gerbil. You're not getting anywhere. Listen, the relationship that I believe will, break, will be, bring breakthrough in your life, the relationship that will bring breakthrough in all of your other relationships is a relationship with your creator. And I'm going to give you an opportunity today to receive that. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and make themselves available today as Pastor Chotz is playing. And, and I'm going to begin praying. And maybe right now you come. You just know that you need Jesus. You come and we're down front and we love nothing more than to pray with you and tell you the difference that Jesus can make in your life. Maybe you're here today and this idea of giving receiving people humbly is a difficult thing for you. Maybe there's someone in this house that's been rude to you or there's a neighbor or a co-worker that's been rude and, and it's just hard for you to even consider stooping down to serve them. They're the ones that wronged you. They need to make it right. What would happen if we took that first step? Maybe today we could just pray with you about that situation and encourage you. Maybe you're here this morning and life just stinks right now. And you just need a word. We, we, we prayed with a lady this morning. Just, she just said, listen, Pastor Jason, alcohol is killing me. It's killing me. And she just was crying. She said, I need help. I'm losing my family. I, I don't want to live anymore. It's killing me. And maybe you're like that. Listen, I want you to know that that's why my friends are down front this morning, to pray with you and encourage you. So I'm going to pray. And then as I'm praying, you come if we can pray with you and minister to you in this moment. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today of what humility looks like. You've demonstrated it through your son, Jesus. God, you, you came and you, you were a servant to us. You, Lord, you gave your life up for us so that we could have life. And Lord, I'm just... I just know that there's probably someone here in this room today that, that needs to surrender to Jesus. Listen, it's not about going to church, and it's not if you know the words to the song. It's, it's, it's not even if you brought a Bible with you today or, or know the, the Ten Commandments. Listen, we're talking about a relationship that you were created for. And I'm just guessing, Lord, there's someone here today that needs to say yes to Jesus and establish that relationship. They've tried far too long on their own strength and ability, and it's not getting them anywhere. I'm praying for someone to come and say yes to Jesus today. Lord, I'm praying for the person here today that that needs to to, to assume this role of service, that needs to develop this thing called humility in their life. Maybe there's someone that's making it really difficult for them to, 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 to be humble and to serve. And God, maybe just today we can encourage them in some form or fashion through prayer to just be with them during this moment. So God, let us not miss this opportunity. Let us obey the Spirit promptly. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed.